Support for AHLA comes from PYA. For nearly 40 years, PYA has helped clients find value in the complex challenges related to mergers and acquisitions, clinical integrations, regulatory compliance, business valuations and fair market value assessments, and tax and assurance. PYA is recognized by Modern Healthcare as one of the nation's top 20 healthcare consulting firms and by Inside Public Accounting as a top 100 accounting firm. Learn more at PYAPC.com. Hey, Gina, how are you today? Hey, Anna, all good. This is very exciting to be getting together in advance of the conference. I know we are um, eager to reach out to the potential attendees in this short podcast and talk about uh, AHLA a bit and this conference. And I understand this conference was the first AHLA conference you attended exactly 10 years ago, Anna? Mm-hmm, that is correct. And it has... I have so many fond memories of this conference. It was actually my first introduction to AHLA period when I joined uh, PYA. And as you probably know, PYA um, has been a sponsor of uh, AHLA for many, many years now. And this conference was held exactly in New Orleans as well. So that was my first introduction to um Cafe Du Monde and Beignets and all of that as well. So I have a lot of <laughs> memories of that. Um, it was um, actually, you know, I think it was also the first time that I had sort of, you know, understood how folks come together, consultants, uh, in-house counsel, outside counsel, that we all come together and then we are able to share our experiences to the audience. So, you know, the next time I had met you, I thought about, okay, how how would it be if Gina and I actually could present on, on topics at HLA? And, you know, 10 years later, we're still doing this together, which is really great. Absolutely. But, I couldn't agree thinking, more. You know, I'm kind of rambling already, but I realized I don't think we have introduced ourselves to mm-hmm. our listeners. So Gina, do you want to go ahead first? Sure. Uh, so I am Gina Gunville. I'm a shareholder with the law firm of Polsonelli based in Chicago, but I work with clients across the country. Uh, clients include academic medical centers, health systems, provider organizations, and a variety of healthcare providers. And I work with them on a variety of strategic transactions, partnerships, joint venture opportunities. Um, my practice is really focused on transactional work, supporting those transactions, as well as then identifying potential regulatory issues and then assuring uh, you know, that the transactions close timely relevant to those regulatory timelines and needs that you know need to be met along the way in the course of those deals. And Anna, do you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm Anna Bard. I'm a shareholder at PYA. Um, PYA is, um, you know, sort of what I would categorize as a healthcare consulting firm, but we are set up as an accounting audit tax practice as well. Um, but healthcare forms a, a vast majority of the work that we do. And within healthcare, you know, we support a whole host of range of providers. So whether it's academic medical centers, um, large health systems, physician practices, um, and we help with physician arrangements. So I specifically um, lead our business valuation service line. So um, like Eugenia, I do work in the transaction space as well, just helping our clients understand fair market value concerns, um, help make deals happen while providing independent objective feedback on fair market value considerations. 
PYA overall, uh, we also support our clients with, you know, their compliance needs, whether it's regulatory compliance, coding compliance. We have a IT practice that focuses on security, HIPAA requirements, so on and so forth. And obviously anything related to strategy transaction support, we help that as well. Um, and I sit in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and um, have been with the firm for 10 years now. Um, so Gina, if you um, want to maybe talk a little bit about, I, I think this is, is this not the first time that both the Physician Hospital Law Conference and the AMC Conference are actually going to be pulled together as one? That's right. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. So, you know, we, we've referred to it a bit as the AMC conference, but historically, uh, both the AMC conference and the Physician Hospital Law Conference for HLA have been held at a similar time of year. And AHLA now, um, you know, in order to create a more collaborative and excellent learning opportunity for attendees for those conferences has combined those conferences together. And so the conference this year is called Legal Strategies for AMC's Physicians and Hospitals. And I'm really excited about this new format because I've attended both conferences separately. And I think it, there's there's a lot of um, you know, alignment there among attendees. And there will be more faces at this conference, uh -huh. I think, as a result to interact with. But I also think that the intimate nature of the AMC conference will be preserved. That's been a really nice environment when, as you mentioned, you've attended in the past and I've attended in the past. And I'm just looking mm -hmm. forward to that continuing with also this exciting change um, and expansion to the formatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about, you know, how intimate the AMC conferences were, but um, I just looked at the um, invitee list as well. And there are going to be so many familiar faces. It'll be such a great opportunity to to be able to catch up with everyone as well. Um, so want to talk a little bit about what we would be presenting on um, at the conference. Gina, you want to sort of kick us off um, with that? Sure, absolutely. So this year, we're speaking on service line carve-outs. Our session is entitled A Slice of the AMC Pie, Legal and Value Considerations Around Service Line Carve-Outs. And when Anna and I were looking at, you know, you and I at this possible topics. We chose this one um, really is timely because of what we've been seeing lately as we've been working with clients on carve-out transactions. And you know, usually a client has identified a need to partner with an organization with some expertise for a certain service line. And while that concept isn't new, you know, as you know, pressures continue in healthcare um, to rise with regard to controlling costs and improving reimbursement opportunities. And so we're seeing urgency there as you know, leaders within AMCs are continuing to look for ways to reduce their overhead, um, eliminate items that aren't profitable on site and move them out of house um, and out of higher cost facilities, and really looking at relationships um, that make better sense uh, for their organizations long-term. Uh -huh. And so, you know, it, and I just, I think it's great. You and I, when we collaborate on different topics, it's so nice to information share as well as to what we're seeing from our clients and then also share best practices in those transactions. And so that's what we're hoping to bring, you know, to our audience um, as part of this session um, as a way, you know, to help AMCs focus on their core businesses and strategies. Um, a couple of examples um, that, you know, you and I were kind of discussing were, for example, carving out 
a hospice care services line to be managed by a trusted community partner or, um, for example, expanding a hospital at home program. And that ultimately we're kind of working with our clients on, you know, those relationships that allow them to bring in some additional expertise and potential to improve, um, you know, reimbursement overall while, you know, controlling costs related to what they're carving out, the service line that they're carving out. Um, and before I get into a little bit more detail about the outline, I wanted to pause there, see if you had anything else you wanted to add on the kind of the choosing of the topic. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's it's very interesting that, you know, uh, I know we we titled it AMC, um, or Potential for Carve-Outs, but actually it's it doesn't matter whether it's an academic medical center or a um, hospital system that's not affiliated with academic, right? Um, right. In, in all of these instances, there are going to be you know, they're providing some service right now. It may fit within their um, core strategy, but they may need a partner or maybe they discover that they're not the ideal people to provide that service to somebody who will do a much better job out there in the in the community. And so they are trying to assess what's the next best step. And, um, you know, like those examples that you mentioned, uh, I've often sort of been brought in, our team has been brought into you know, perform evaluation for us, we want to go ahead and do this. And they have some something in their mind about next steps. And but then the valuation informs them or, you know, maybe you want to look at it a different way. So it's been very interesting for us to come in there as advisors and kind of start down one path and then try to uh, discover all these um, different creative ways to to move forward as well. So I'm looking forward to um, joining you to provide some real life examples for them, some case studies for our our um, audience as well. Absolutely. And just to give a, a very high level preview of some of the content, uh, you know, our panel involves an attorney and evaluation expert. And we've, we think that that's really applicable in these transactions because they require, you know, effective deal management, understanding uh, the legal and valuation considerations um, because of their complexity, um, and also understanding how to appropriately manage the pacing of the transaction to meet, you know, certain timelines and client expectations. And so, really, I think when we present together, we talk about that importance of, um, you know, the timing your valuation correctly, getting all of your ducks in a row, so to speak, um, and understanding the challenge of identifying, especially with these carve-out transactions, um, you know, all of the associated assets of the service line, especially understanding that when you're trying to carve something out, um, there's a potential for a lot of overlap and shared services. Um, if, if the service line hasn't been operated within a separate division, for example, and um, the driver for that from a legal perspective is, you know, for compliance reasons with our fraud and abuse laws that would require any contributions of assets be paid for at fair market value. And so that's a bit of a preview of, you know, some of the one of the main legal considerations we're going to discuss during our panels, uh, federal anti-kickback statute compliance, for example. And also we'll talk a bit about um you know, any applicable notification requirements within your jurisdiction um, for healthcare transactions generally. We have a lot of activity now on, um, you know, state on a state-by-state -state basis with regard to, um, you know, notices and approvals that might be required for certain types of transactions and depending on, you know, the threshold value of those transactions. And 
Um, and so we'll cover um, some of those um, consent and approval requirements as well, and then um, discuss, you know, licensing and permitting um, in addition. Um, and then also, too, on the fair market value standpoint, um, we'll touch on um, tax-related considerations since um, generally um, academic medical centers or, you know, if we're talking about other um, nonprofit health systems doing carve-out transactions as well. Um, they're tax-exempt organizations and as such would be constrained by certain tax laws. And so we'll plan to cover that substantively within our session as well. And then, um, and then also give the audience um, from a practical standpoint uh, a snapshot of what the transaction can look like from a drafting documents perspective. And so we'll touch on key areas within those documents that need to be addressed in the course of these transactions. Um, some examples of that um, would be, for example, human resources related issues. We're, when we're talking about carving out a service line, um, there could be many individuals that are providing multiple services um, across service, different service lines within um, the medical setting. And so figuring out, you know, which, which shared employees would transfer over as part of the transaction. Um, intellectual property is another um, key area that we'll talk about. Um, what type of, um, you know, branding or licensing is required uh, with regard to carving out the service line. And, and so I, our hope is we'll give you a kind of a holistic view of what a service line carve out is, um, the things to be aware of when you're working on a transaction like that, um, some, and some practical takeaways as to, you know, all the different um, issues that need to be addressed within the course of your documentation, as well as then some subject matter experts that likely need to weigh in, and then um, hopefully give the attendees a, a really good sense of um, what's possible and a, a way forward on those types of transactions. Um, and then Anna, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, from the valuation standpoint, what, what you might touch on within the session? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um... You know, the, you you talked about fraud and abuse laws, how to make sure that the arrangement is is, is within fair market value. I think um, one of the key um, ideas that that I would like to share is there are going to be several arrangements. You know, you may have a service line carve out, but along with that transaction, it is quite common to see additional arrangements that are set up. So to your point around human resources, maybe there is a PSA or an MSA or some other kind of agreement that is set up. And then those agreements also need to be assessed for fair market value at that point, right? So there are several components, the IP, so branding, you know, what is the fair market value price to pay to be able to co-brand, for example, under the new service line um, that's being carved out. So so we'll talk a lot about um, that as well. So. Um, I think you covered you covered what we'll be presenting quite uh, quite well. Well, we're we, as I said, I think you and I are looking forward to it very much, and with that aim of um, leading attendees a, a bit more informed about about what to be aware of, and then as you mentioned, too, covering um, kind of all of the different ways in which you need to assure that the terms of your uh, definitive agreements support fair market value of the overall transaction. Yeah, yeah. So, are you going to do anything fun in New Orleans, or Gina? I I hope so. I you know, in addition to it being a fun time of year to visit the area around Mardi Gras, um, I I always enjoy um, the food. I mean, it's just a fantastic place to 
spend some time once our sessions are wrapped, um, meeting up with old and new friends, and also to have taken the opportunity in the past to go on walking tours and learn a bit more about the fantastic city as well. So I will be getting to planning that part as soon as I think I get all my notes in order for this session. <laughs> Yeah, likewise, likewise. So I um, am looking forward to this. And um, uh, really, everybody, you know, feel free to come out to us and ask questions. And we look forward to many of you attending our sessions. I think we're doing it once in the morning and once in the afternoon on the Tuesday of the conference is what I remember. So plenty of opportunities. And um, I just want to say I'm I'm very excited and look forward to it. Same here. Uh, it's such a great organization, AHLA, and a great conference. And we, we are really looking forward to meeting everyone and seeing everyone there. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to AHLA Speaking of Health Law wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about AHLA and the educational resources available to the health law community, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org.